Welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast, where we tackle teaching challenges from a biblical perspective. Why are we here? Because we don't believe that our teaching profession and spiritual walk should exist in two separate domains. Rather, the hope we have in Christ should change how we approach everything, not just at home, but at school as well. So join us as we explore both the spiritual and practical sides of key teaching challenges, integrating them together so we can succeed at teaching, glorify God, and make a lasting difference in our students' hearts and lives. As summer continues, there might be some fears rearing their heads in your mind as you think about next year. And that is what we are addressing in this series. If you missed the start of the series, I hope you'll go back and catch up. In the first episode, we talked about uh, that fear that, man, if, if I'm not excited about school, if I'm feeling kind of you know discontent even, am I where God wants me to be? And we talked about that. In the second episode, we talked about student misbehavior and fear of student misbehavior or an out-of-control class, and we addressed that. In today's episode, we're going to talk about dealing with parents. And there are really all kinds of different ways that this can this different things that can be scary about this, right? Um, you might be worried about particularly difficult parents or parents who are challenging you. Or maybe you're just not quite sure how to deal with parents if their kids are struggling academically or if their kids are struggling behaviorally. Um, there can be all kinds of fears and concerns around dealing with parents. And we're going to try to address a lot of them in today's episode. So let's re- remind ourselves of our framework. Three steps. First, we're going to pray our fears, pouring them out to God. Number two, we're going to take our thoughts captive, remind ourselves of what is true, and choose to trust God. And number three, we're going to direct our steps, meaning we're going to take wise actions to address the issues that are causing the fear. So in this way, we're going to tackle both sides. As we talk about every week in the intro to the podcast, we're going to explore both the spiritual and practical sides of this fear. So first of all, number one, pray our fears. I do this every week in this series. I'm going to do it again. I want to encourage you to talk to God about this fear. If you have a fear around parents or you're worried about it, um, even if it's not maybe a full-blown fear, um, talk to God. God says to cast all of our anxieties on him for he cares for us. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So sometimes these things, like we don't even think to pray about them. We're just like, I'm just worried. Pray about it. Talk to God about what you're feeling. Number two, take our thoughts captive. So what do we need to remind ourselves about that is true? And how can we better trust God in this area? Well, a few things came to mind as I thought about this. First of all, I think we need to recognize that God has given parents a vital role in their children's lives. And we need to recognize and honor that role. And we need to start from there. This is often a different perspective than our non-Christian colleagues will often have. And so if you're in a public school in particular. So I, I think that this is something we need to guard against and be aware of. In other words, there's this philosophy out there that the educational system knows better than parents. And that we need to make sure that, you know, it's kind of our job to inform parents. Now, is it true that in some areas you know more than parents? Of course, you're the educational expert, but that is an un, 
there's it's often an unbiblical way of viewing the relationship between parents, society, you know, the government and and all of these things. It's really this idea that we have the answers, we know what's better and these, you know, backwards parents don't have don't have that together. We have to te- we have to teach the kids what matters um you know because the parents aren't teaching it to them. So we need to guard against that. We need to we need to value the role that God has given to parents. And we know that um God has given particular calling to Christian parents to raise their kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But God, God's plan is for parents to raise their kids across the board. That is the structure God has placed. That's not society didn't make that up. God made that up. So just starting there and reminding ourselves that I think is really helpful. Recognizing we are to be a help in the parent, a help to the parents um, in educating their child. Um, but God has given them the primary responsibility. Now what they, how well they perform that responsibility is a different story. But once again, we need to honor the role that God has given them. I hope that makes sense. Another thing that we need to recognize and realize is that God, though, has given us opportunity, and in some cases, a really big opportunity to be an influence for good for both in that student's lives and sometimes in the larger family's life or to help the parents. So this is kind of the other side of the coin of what I just said. I just said we need to recognize how important, uh, you know, that we need to value the parents' role in raising their kids. But that does not mean that we don't have any influence. No, God has also placed us in the lives of these kids to be a help, to be a support, to be a good influence to them. So we absolutely should take advantage of that whenever we can. And obviously we have a ton of influence in the students' lives because they're in our classroom every day, but often there are opportunities that surprise us to influence the family at large, whether it's just through things the student comes home and tells their family, or sometimes there's opportunities to have a conversation with the parent that's really impactful and helps them and the entire family as well. Next thing that we want to remember is that God calls us to treat others as we would want to be treated and to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. A couple verses come to mind, and this I think these are really helpful verses to remember as we consider, uh, think about parent interactions. Uh, Matthew 17, 12, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Really helpful verse to keep in mind. Uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I read those really slowly because a lot of us can rattle off that list, but when we think about those virtues, it's like, wow, if I can interact with parents with all of those virtues— Whoa, what a difference will that make, right? Um, And that's not always easy. In fact, that's not something we can do in our own strength. It's basically impossible to embody all of those those traits on our own. That's why they're called the fruit of the Spirit, because they're the result of the Spirit working in our lives. So that's why our relationship with God is so important, and that's why we need to lean on the Spirit and ask Him to help us in our interactions. Okay, a couple other thoughts I have in this regard. And you might notice that these thoughts are, this is not like a one, like these thoughts are not, this one leads to this one, leads to this one. These are all different things. And some of them, um, based on what your fear is and why you're having it, different ones of these will affect you in different ways. So be kind of listening for the truths that you're like, oh, that's the one I need to hear. All right, so the next one is, our number one responsibility isn't to please people, 
it's to please God. I think of Galatians 1.10. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And I think this is really important to remember that our number one responsibility is to please God. And we need to not be worried, so worried about always pleasing people, right? We need to be seeking, as we talked, seeking to honor the parents' place, but parents aren't always going to like what we're doing. And it's not our responsibility to make sure they always like what we're doing. That's not our responsibility or to make sure we always do everything that they want. Um, we are primarily responsible to God and we have other responsibilities to give their kids a good education, you know, to our administration and all these things. Um, so we need to be careful about and, and just kind of recognize, am is my fear, is my concern, are my actions driven by people pleasing, feeling a need to please everybody? And if so, I can kind of work on that in my own heart and renew my mind in that way and free myself. Um, not will not free myself. God can free me of that need to please people and of that worry um, of like, what if they don't like me? What if they're upset? Um, that's not going to help us make better decisions and better interactions if we have that fear. Um, so that's really important. And, and which leads to another verse that that I came to mind, Hebrews thirteen six. Um, so we can confidently say, "The Lord is my helper; I will not fear." What can man do to me? Um, we mentioned this one before. God would have us fear Him and seek to please Him, not be afraid of people and what people think. So. What I'm saying here is basically we are definitely responsible for how we interact with people, including parents, and how we respond, but we're not responsible for the results. We're not responsible if for whether or not the parents like the solution we came up with. Like we're not responsible for whether they treat us right or not either. That's on them. So we have to trust God with the results of how things turn out. We're only responsible for how we interact. I hope that's helpful. So I shared quite a few thoughts here under taking our thoughts captive. I hope you can pick out one or two of those that are helpful to you. The last step is directing our steps, taking wise action to address the issues causing the fear. So I have written down here five practical tips for dealing with parents. Number one, we need to view parents as partners. We need to be careful that we don't see parents as any type of you versus them or us versus them dynamic. We need to view them as partners who both want the same thing for their students to grow and succeed. And I know (laughs) there are exceptions. There are awful parents out there, but we need to start with that mindset until proven otherwise, okay? We want to we want to we want to assume that the parent has their student's best interests at heart. Now they might be very um misinformed or about, you know, something or they might really they're they might really be going at it in a not good way. Um, but typically we do both want to see students succeed. And so starting from that place of realizing, let, let's tr- let's try to view this as a partnership. Let's, let's start from there. That's really gonna help you. All right, number two, seek first to understand, then to be understood. That's one of the seven highly effective, uh, seven habits of highly effective people um, from Stephen Covey. So what I mean here is when a parent comes to you with a concern or a complaint, it's really important to genuinely try to understand their concern because 
often and also often try to go a, a, a layer deeper. So there's often this initial concern they're coming to you with. So you want to understand like what their concern is, but also try to get at the why. Like why is this concerning you? If you can get that one layer deeper and figure out the underlining concern behind their behind their initial concern or their initial complaint, that will really help you address the real issue going on in a helpful way. So keep that in mind when parents come to you, rather than just jumping to defense, try to understand, okay, why do you need this? And like, what's going on under that? Because sometimes like the actually, nothing needs to change with what's actually going on, but you can help address their underlying fear or clear up a miscommunication. Um, or sometimes you do end up wanting to change something now that you better understand the situation. So number one, view parents as partners. Number two, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Number three, humility is key. It can be so easy to get defensive and to take things personally when parents disagree or complain, but we have to be clothed in humility, as the scriptures say. Um Getting defensive is never going to help. And I mean, I do it too. Uh, only through the spirit can we not do this, but we need to work on that. When we catch ourselves, uh, when we catch ourselves getting defensive, we need to lower those defenses and say, God, clothe me with humility. Let me help understand this concern and the, and, and what's underneath it and address it without getting defensive and without taking it personally. It can be, they can feel like personal attacks, but normally they're not. They are occasionally they are, but normally they're not. Normally, this parent has a, a concern about their kid, their kid's well being, and once again, going back to just being humble enough to listen and care about their concern, loving parents in that way enough to care and listen and try to understand what it is, and trying to assume the best of parents too. Um, it can get really easy to be jaded, especially if you're in a situation where there are a lot of you know parents that are really difficult. Um, so assuming the best off the bat. Don't go into conversations assuming anything bad. Assume the best until you're proven otherwise, right? So humility really is key. Number four, use wisdom when considering parents' requests. I think there's two like opposing dangers that can happen when parents are asking us for things. One danger is just brushing off all parent requests without giving them enough consideration. Like basically like I'm not changing what I'm doing for parents. Like and just like basically like dismissing their concerns out of hand. That's that's a danger. We don't want to be there. The danger, though, on the other side of the spectrum is feeling like you have to say yes to all parent requests. That also is not good. Neither one of those is good. It kind of just dismissing them out of hand and saying yes to them. Neither of those streams is where we want to be. Rather, we need to consider parents' requests and concerns. We need to seek to understand with a humble spirit and listen to them um, and just consider them and pray about them. Um, and you'll you'll figure out which ones are serious and which ones aren't. Um, but we should we should consider them and sometimes we should make adjustments. Other times we absolutely should not make uh, make adjustments. But I think it might be helpful for you to consider, man, which of these dangers am I more prone to? Am I more prone to just brush off requests and not consider ones that I actually should? Or am I more prone to feel like I have to say yes to everything? And whichever side you're kind of more prone to be, just be aware of that tendency so that you can push back against it and that'll help you make wiser decisions. All right, so, so far, number one, view parents as partners. Number two, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Number three, humility is key. 
Number four, use wisdom when considering parents' request. And number five, um, this is more proactive. Give parents specific things they can do to help their children. I think sometimes we as teachers assume that parents know what to do to help their kids because it's so obvious to us. We're like, they just need to practice this or, you know, it's sometimes we know what the kid needs um, and we like either assume the parents are doing it or we assume they know and just don't care enough to do it, but they might not. And I I will tell you, I have experienced that as a parent, even with my kids in like young grades, kindergarten, first grade, like I'm a teacher. I, I know what I'm doing, but I, my field of expertise is in middle school and high school math. It is not in teaching a child how to read in kindergarten. And there were many times when I was like, looking back now, I'm like, okay, you know, I've learned, I've, t- I've, t- I've talked to the teachers and, and I've learned a lot that I'm like, wow, okay, now I know how to help my child in this area. But initially, I didn't. And so I say this to say, when you notice a child is struggling, um, being specific with parents is really helpful. So if you're having a conversation with them and saying, you know, you know, your child needs to do better or whatever, uh, ask yourself, what are some specific things the parent might do or put in place that would help this child? And give them some of those specifics as suggestions. Probably don't want to make it sound like you have to do all these things, but be like, hey, I have a few ideas of some things that I think would help so-and-so. Um, would you like to hear them? And and giving them some specific things can be so helpful and, and some specific direction around there. Um, that is really helpful. So don't, I, I guess my, what I'm saying here is don't assume parents know what to do. Um, if, if there's things that you know would help and that you wish parents were doing, Spell it out for them. Um, that is just really helpful. And sometimes that's good to do one-on-one. And sometimes that's good to do with a whole group. I love when my um, kids' teachers um, send send an, you know, an email or a message to the whole class and say, hey, here's a few things that are coming up. Here's a few things to be aware of. Here's a few things you might want might to get started on. That kind of communication is always really, really helpful. So being proactive um, in your communication with parents is always a great idea too. So we started this podcast talking about the the framework, right? Pray our fears, take our thoughts captive, and then direct our steps. I hope you found some helpful things in here to help allay this fear of, oh my goodness, what if I have difficult interactions with parents? Um, But what I want to do right now is take a moment and actually do step one, where we're going to pray about our fears. So let's take a moment and pray right now. Teacher, take a moment and just share with God the fears that you are facing or the worries that you have around interacting with parents. Ask God to help you in your interactions with parents to be humble and kind, to treat them the way that you would want to be treated, and to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. Pray for wisdom and for help um, as you interact with parents in this upcoming year and thank God and trust him that he will be with you and help you.
Father, may each teacher know that you are with them. May you please help us in this area of parent interactions. Um, If any uh, thoughts need to be changed in our mind, please do that. Direct our thoughts so that they match yours. Um, And please direct our steps and give just wonderful relationships with parents this year and help in each one that is difficult. Uh, May each teacher see your hand so clearly in this upcoming year, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, as we finish up, I do want to invite you, if you'd like to spend some more time in prayer for the upcoming school year, um, we have a free 21-day prayer challenge that we're encouraging people to do as we head into the next school year. You can get all the details and join at teachfortheheart.com slash prayer challenge. That's teachfortheheart.com slash prayer challenge. And I will tell you, this prayer challenge is extremely easy. We're not asking you to spend an hour in prayer. If you would like to, you are, of course, more than welcome. Uh, but this can take as little as two minutes a day, um, whatever time you want to devote to it is absolutely um, totally fine. We just provide prayer prompts each day to help encourage you to pray about the upcoming school year. So once again, the link for that is teachfortheheart.com slash prayer challenge. Sign up and invite some of your teacher friends uh, to do it with you as well. Um, We're so excited about this series. I hope that you're finding it helpful. Next week's topic um, is going to be about what if I'm not making a difference and around the fear of, um, you know, can I, am I actually reaching students' hearts? Am I making a difference? And uh, how do I deal with that when I feel like I'm not or I'm afraid that I'm not? So I can't wait to dive into that with you next week. One final note, if you'd like to save this episode or share it with a friend, um, you can find this entire series at teachfortheheart.com slash fears. Well, thank you again for being here. Until next week, remember God is at work in you and through you, and he's using you to make a difference. Keep your eyes on him and teach for the heart.